So we're starting a new series today. It's called the Red Letter Series. And uh, just somebody shout out, what, is, what are the red letters in the Bible? The words of Jesus specifically. So you'll find a whole bunch of them right around the middle of the Bible where the Gospels are at. Some Bibles might not have them. So let me tell you a funny story. Uh, we, we did this series and we talked about all these red letters. And the Bibles that the church has, especially at the Oregon campus, don't even have red letters in them. So a little backfire a little bit for us. But if you have a Bible app, you can pull up your favorite Bible translation and find probably red letters in there or go to the events and we're live. So you can check us out uh, in the Bible app, the Version app, if you're looking in the app store. Uh, and let me just give you a little preface. Some people, there's some thoughts that... Uh, if you want to get a good idea, just read the red letters in the Bible, skip over all the black letters and you'll know. I tried that this week and there are some crazy transitions, so please <laughs> read the whole Bible, all right? Don't just read the red letters. The red letters are important, very important, but so is the rest of the words in there. I want you to think about this question as we get into the message and we start to unpack a little bit is, uh, what is the good news? What's the good news? We hear all the time the good news. That was even in the beginning of Mark from the reading from our welcoming word uh, in the very first couple of verses. In the, beginning of the, in the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, some will say the word, the good news about Jesus. You hear the pastor preached the good news. I'm preaching the good news right now, maybe. I am. I'm preaching the good news. Jesus preached the good news. You hear about somebody who heard the good news and they were changed. You hear the phrase, the good news. The good news transforms people and makes their lives amazing. But what, are, what is the good news? What is it? What? Jesus came and died for our sins. Anybody else have a different... Christ and that's the hope of the Lord. Anybody else have any other uh, versions of the good news? It's very simple. So I invite you to come with us. All that teasing, I'm not going to give you the answer yet. Mark 1, verses 14 through 20. It'll be on the board if you want to follow along or you can pull up your own translation or again go to the Bible app. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When they had gone a little farther, he saw James, and John, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. It's the word of the Lord. There it is, the good news. Jesus can't talk about his death on the cross if it hasn't happened yet. I mean, he could because he's God. And, but... It doesn't work like that. Verse 15, in case you missed it. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent 
and believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe. Those two words, repent and believe, are probably familiar to some of you, and a lot of you probably. We talk about them a lot. It's part of our vocabulary here at Hope. Repent and believe. Where do we hear that in our our teachings? In relations to what specifically? Sin? I'm thinking more specifically kairos moments. A kairos moment... Can anybody explain what a kairos moment is? An encounter with God. That's pretty good, I'll accept that. An encounter with God. It's a moment in time where God breaks into your life. It's an event, that's what it means, time and event. An event that has happened in God and his loving rule is close to you. It's a moment of interaction. It's a moment of recognizing who God is. That's why every week we write our Kairos moments in our cross points. If you pull yours open right now, I actually wrote our last, this week's Kairos moment, our Kairos story. But it's a chance where you get to see God changing your life. And that's a process. We talk about that. We talk about it in our Jesus 101 course, Kairos, God breaks into your life. And there's a circle, the repent side and the believe side. And these are all actions. We'll unpack them a little bit. But it requires a little bit of work on our part. Because God's constantly trying to break into your life. He's not just, you're not traveling on this road and God's not traveling on this road. You just happen to intersect at some point. God's constantly trying to interact with your life. And us being fallen and sinful people and prideful people might not recognize that. Because we're busy living our own lives. But the good news is it's so simple. It's seven words. The kingdom of God has drawn near. The kingdom of God has drawn near. Maybe it's difficult for the people at the time, which is the Jewish people that Jesus is speaking to, because it's in stark contrast to how they interacted with God before this moment. Before Jesus walked among the people, If you wanted to interact with God, you had to travel to the temple. You had to make sure that you were clean. And if you weren't clean according to the biblical standards, you had to offer a sacrifice. And uh, there's a whole bunch of different sacrifices that you can offer for different parts of the sin that you've committed. You could like kill a whole animal and then the blood gets splattered on the altar. And then sometimes the people eat the animal and sometimes the priest eats the animal and then sometimes... Leprosy, if you have leprosy, it takes eight days to be cleaned, like of sacrifices, stuff like that. So first you had to rely on a good sacrifice. And you had to hope that the priest who was doing the sacrifice did it right, which, I mean, they're kind of experts, but you had to pray and hope that they did it right. And then you had to rely on the priest to go interact with God for you. People don't get to go inside the inner part of the temple where God resided to interact. So now you have this, what I'm sure a lot of people saw as a crazy guy walking around the earth saying, the kingdom of God is near. And then he just calls people, come follow me. And then, I mean, the last two guys just, they just left their dad on the boat and said, see you later, I'm following this guy. It's 
so different, so different than how these people interacted with God before. And it's so simple. Seven words, the kingdom of God has drawn near. That's the good news. We only have two things to do. Repent and believe. Repent, simple. It's a change of heart that shows up in a lifestyle change. Metanoia. I'm sure I did not say that correctly. The Greek word, repent. Change of heart that shows up in the lifestyle of behavior change. We often think of, well, I shouldn't say we, I often think of the word repent before I really started studying it is the guy that stands on the street corner with a sign that says, repent, the end is near. And that makes you feel like you have to repent of your sins, which you should repent of your sins. But repent in this definition does not mean it has to be a bad thing that you have to change in your life. Sure, you should repent and change your lifestyle behavior of uh, drugs and uh, promiscuity and um, all the other bad sins, lust, all that stuff you should repent of. But if God interacts with your life in a good way, that could completely change the way that you act. So it sounds abstract. So let me give you an example. I used to, uh, my plans in the future were to be a worship leader for like a long time, eventually moving up, like growing the church through music or, or doing a full-time worship leader position. Well, God interacted in my life in a very positive way and now I'm standing here preaching messages every Sunday. That's a change of heart. That's not a bad change of heart. I mean, I was serving the Lord either way, but it was a change of heart. I repented because God interacted with my life. The believe part, active faith, pistis. I hope nobody's grading me on my foreign language pronunciation. (laughs) Active faith. This is the outward outward signs of how you are acting. If God interacts with your life and nothing changes in how you act in the world, then you really have not learned anything from that interaction with God. In our Kairos circle, the first side is the repent side. That's the personal side, the self-evaluation and the discussion. And we say that if you stop there and your life doesn't change on the other side, You've sinned because you hear what God has called you to do. You hear God talking to you, but you choose not to act on it. We believe that's sin. Active, active faith. It is, it is an outward action. Let me give you an example. And uh, let me see by a show of hands. How many people here have ever tried to change the way that they eat? Whether that's through a diet or just want to make a healthier lifestyle change. How many people have failed at said diet or lifestyle change? (laughs) Yes, I have as well. You realize that there is something that has caused you to change, whether you've had a 
an encounter with a health problem or you just want to be able to keep up with your kids or you're not as fast in softball as you used to be when you were in high school. You want to change and that's a realization. The outward action is actually changing and you can't do it by yourself. I don't want people, there's tons of surveys, there's not surveys, but studies that show if you have a support system in place, you will do better at lifestyle changes. In this instance, weight loss. I know a lot of people here have done Weight Watchers and there's two different styles, right? There's the Weight Watchers online. We just track everything. And then there's one where you actually have to go into a room and have accountability and they weigh you and they say, good job or try harder next week. It's always positive. But there's accountability. That's part of the outward faith. And if you fail, there's somebody there to hopefully catch you if you fall and you start over again. But if you realize that you need to lose weight or you need to be healthier and you don't do anything about it, that's not quite, I mean, that's not, I don't want to say that's not sinful, but if you realize that you need to make a change, you don't make it. You really haven't accomplished anything. You could talk all day about how you want to lose weight and how you want to eat better and feel better, but if you never actually take the steps to do it, you're probably not going to get healthier. If you don't interact with God and then do what he calls you to do and change your life and live that out actively, you're not going to be closer to God. It requires some action on our part. Paul writes about this in Romans because Paul is a pretty smart guy and he's somebody we look to. And he writes in Romans 2.12, remember this is a letter uh, to the Romans, so very kind of the enemy in the Bible. Uh, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing is repenting. Transforming is believing. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Seven words, the kingdom of God is near. I boiled it down to three words because it's easier. Three is better to remember than seven. God is near. God is near. That's the good news. God is near. We're called to repent and believe. And that could be so difficult if you're not looking for God to interact with your life. If you're just walking a long life and everything's going well, you're not looking for God, you're going to miss him. You guys seen those big bubble balls that you put on and like you run around and you just bump into each other? Yeah, the kids know what I'm talking about. They're a lot of fun. They're dangerous. I don't know how people survive running like as fast as they can from across the gym at the Oregon campus. <laughs> There's great videos of people trying to play soccer in those. Check it out. Bubble soccer on YouTube. And you're going to see a whole bunch of college-age kids uh, just bouncing around. Sometimes that's how we act with God, though. We put on this bubble. We don't allow him to get close. And we just kind of bump into him and just push him away. What's so interesting about that is if you go back to the scripture, the end of it is uh, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will 
sends you out to fish for people. Here comes this guy interacting with a couple fishermen who don't have the bubble ball on and their lives are transformed when God interacts with them. When they can hear Jesus, God in the flesh, talk to them, they are transformed and become disciples. I said earlier, he doesn't break through at random times. God doesn't just say, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna mess with Jeremy's life today. I'm gonna teach him a lesson. He doesn't just pick just a random time to interact with you. It's usually ourselves who are out of whack with the Holy Spirit. We often hear that the good news is that Jesus came and died for our sins. And that's, that is such good news. Jesus died for our sins. Your sin, my sin, everybody's sins in the world. He came and died for. That's great for us. But we're not the people that had to go to the cross and descend into hell and then rise again. We're not the person that had to sacrifice their only child for all of humanity. The good news is that God is near. And through the belief that Jesus died for your sins, and through the belief that God came and walked on this earth, through that belief, you get the Holy Spirit. And nothing could be more near to you than the Holy Spirit living in your body. The most intimate thing you have is yourself. You know yourself the best out of anybody, right? You know all your own thoughts. Now imagine that times like infinity because that's the Holy Spirit. You have the power of the Holy Spirit if you believe in Jesus. The kingdom of God has come near. God is near. He's always near. You just have to look out for him. You have to be in tune with him. In the Nazarene denomination, we believe in something called uh, holiness and sanctification. And uh, that involves us surrendering daily, hourly, secondly, if that's a word, to the will of Christ, to the will of the Holy Spirit. He leads our life. And that takes time and learning and understanding and willingness to let God break into your life and teach you things. That's our goal. Our goal is to be free from sin and to be allowing the Holy Spirit to lead our life. At the end of every sermon, uh, I have not been putting this up there, but usually we ask, hear, respond, and share. Hear, respond, share. What'd you hear from the Lord? How are you gonna respond? And who are you gonna share it with? More specifically, what did you hear or what have you heard, maybe today, maybe through Bible readings, that's going to cause a change in your heart? I am willing to bet that there, if you've read the Bible any amount of time, there's been something in there that affects you in some way that just says, that's very interesting. Or you just feel something like the word of God is speaking to me. And I would be willing to bet also that a lot of people just stop right there and they go on to the next day. So I'm gonna ask you, how are you going to respond to that? How are you gonna let the Holy Spirit 
change your life and how you're gonna live it out. And finally, share. Jesus shared the good news, right? He was walking, he shared the good news and he called Simon, Andrew, James, and John. When they allowed God to get close to them and hear the good news, they just abandoned everything and followed Jesus. That's our call. Abandon everything and follow Jesus. So if, they, if Jesus could do that, if, if Jesus was God that walks on this earth, and we believe that if we believe in Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit who is also God, if Jesus can call people and introduce them to the good news and people can just abandon and follow Jesus, who are we going to introduce to the good news? Who are we going to preach the good news to this week? Who are we going to introduce and become disciples of Jesus. It's pretty powerful. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. God is near. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. God is near. He's not some abstract creator that doesn't interact with us every day. He's not some guy that walked 2,000 years ago on this earth. He is both of those things. But he's also right here, right now, with you and in this spot. God is near. Would you pray with me, church? Father God, thank you. Thank you for being near. Thank you for breaking into our lives. Thank you for breaking into this world. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to preach the good news that you are near. You are not far, you are not separate from us by walls or barriers or, or anything, but you are near, you are powerful, you are loving. Thank you, thank you for your grace. We are not, we are not worthy of your presence. Lord, I ask that you guide my life and I ask that you guide the lives of the people in this room step by step. That the spirit leads me and not Jeremy's spirit leads me. I pray that your presence is made known and, and is overwhelming and it causes me to live a more godly life on this side of heaven. Thank you for the sacrifice that your son made for this world. And thank you for creating us. And thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. We ask this all in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.